0: An 8 bit Rocket Studios production. There's
1: one thing that I cannot stand in the entire world it is gatekeepers of any type. Me too. I can't handle it either. Yeah, I can't. We've all, I can tell, we've all been gatekept. We were children of the Silicon Revolution, an X generation conscripted to fight the console and home computer wars a product of an analog 70s childhood, we came of digital age in the 80s, believing we could affect the world 8 bits at a time. Armed with joysticks, full-stroke keyboards, jolt cola, and MTV haircuts, we proceeded into the vertical blank. There, we stayed up late at night, devising incantations from D&D rulebooks and beginner's all-purpose symbolic instruction code. Video games were the match, and programming was the fuse. as the infinite possibilities of the digital world exploded into the internet age to come. We are Generation Atari. Hi, this episode is all about the Arcade 1UP Atari Centipede Legacy Edition stand-up arcade unit. But it doesn't start with that. It starts with a story. And there was a story we did on the podcast, I don't know, probably three seasons ago about seeing the Star Wars characters at Toys R Us in 1977. And... I rewrote that story earlier this summer and submitted it to a local writing contest and won $500 for doing it. So what I wanted to do first was to play the new version of that story that won the grand prize. And then we will talk about the Arcade 1UP Legacy Edition, and I'll tell you why. conduit 1977. September 1977. I am seven years old. I just started CCD, after-school Catholic Catechism class. In two years, I will take Holy Communion for the first time. I need to be consumed by the Holy Spirit. They give us four Gospels to read, a conduit to salvation. But instead, i am consumed with star wars i see an advertisement in the daily breeze it announces star wars characters appearing in person at the local toys r us in torrance i need to go after seeing star wars that summer at south bay general cinema number one i thirst for any and all information about the movie but there is little to find except a few gossip stories i notice on the cover of people and National Enquirer at the checkout lane at Lucky Supermarket in Hermosa Beach while shopping with my mom. The Star Wars in-person event is on a Sunday, Sunday morning. My mom grimaces as I ask her. We will miss church if we go. Ask your dad, she says. My twin brother and I approach my dad with the newspaper in hand. He's on his bed. He has a migraine. We never ask him for things like this. He lets my mom do them so he can fix his motorcycles and clean his firearms. I know he doesn't believe in God, but I think he likes Star Wars. He told us it wasn't phony after we saw it. That is high praise from him. I'm worried that he will say that going to Toys R Us to see the Star Wars characters is panty waste. Anything that is not about shooting guns, fixing cars, racing motorcycles, or lighting firecrackers is panty waste to my dad. I struggle to understand what he means by that phrase, but I know it's not good. So we brave his migraine and his panty waist anyway. Star Wars is too important. He agrees to take us. We wake up really early that Sunday morning. Well, my dad wakes up. My brother and I never went to sleep the night before. Jeff and I sit at the kitchen table waiting for my dad to finish his morning routine. I wonder how the Star Wars guys will get there, I say. I don't know. They will probably arrive in a limousine, my mom says, between sips of her coffee. I've never seen a limousine before. We slip out at 8.30 a.m. to get going. My dad has his 35 millimeter camera with him. The Konica, we call it. He snaps a photo of us. I'm the guy on the left looking glum. My twin brother is on the right. Our 1976 Datsun 710 Wagon is just behind us. When we get to Toys R Us, there is a thick line of people waiting to get inside. We drive by the store through a packed parking lot and find a free space about a quarter mile away in the adjacent lot for the Delano Mall. Then we hike back to the entrance. My dad is clutching the Konica. I wonder who will be there, I say. The ads show Darth Vader, a stormtrooper, and Chewbacca, my brother replies. By the time we make it back from our parking space, people are being led into the Toys R Us. The crowd is packed deep inside the store at the back on a makeshift pathway down the board game aisle. We wait about an hour before anything happens. The time passes quickly. I feel like I've waited my whole life for this. Everyone is looking at a doorway to a stock room. Without anything better to do, I look in that direction too. It starts. Jeffrey Giraffe, the mascot for Toys R Us, comes out first. I stare at Jeffrey. This is the first time I've ever seen anyone in person. Jeffrey was not Star Wars, though. I'm nervous my dad will think this is panty-waste, and by extension, that I am panty-waste. But my dad's eyes are hidden inside the Konica. He captures the arrival. After Jeffrey finishes his march, out comes a stormtrooper, a fascist soldier for the Empire. 35 years later, I will notice a weird detail in this photo my dad took. There's a guy on the top left, leaning out of the doorway. I think maybe he is pretending to shoot at the stormtrooper with a hand laser. I think maybe my dad would have traded places with that guy. If he had a real laser blaster, he might have ambushed the space Nazis too. Payback for his brother who was ambushed by a real German sniper in World War II. I think maybe it's the best photo my dad ever captured with the Konica. Chewbacca arrives next. Any notion that these characters were not real ends right here. The Chewbacca costume is amazing. I feel like Chewie is in our presence. Then finally, out comes Darth Vader. The crowd hushes. I feel a tingling sense of fear and excitement. The same tingle when I find a great hiding place playing Ditchum. This is the guy who magically choked his own people from across the room. This is the guy who killed Obi-Wan Kenobi. Others are impressed with Darth Vader too. The proof captured by the Kanaka. 35 years later, I will notice the rebel in the upper left hand side of the photo again. I think maybe he is no longer ambushing the stormtroopers. I think maybe he cowers behind the door. I think maybe even he knows the limit of a hand laser against the Dark Lord the Sith. Vader passes by us. Whoa, I hear whispered. I'm not sure I actually heard it, but I decide that I did hear it. The voice came from behind the Kanaka. Whoa, I feel a bright spot open in my head. My dad is having fun. He might not think this is panty waste after all. Whoa means that it is okay for me to like Star Wars. I feel a sense of relief. For once my dad and I like the same thing at the same time. Star Wars is middle ground. Between the analog of his childhood, firecrackers and cherry bombs, BB guns and real ones, Terry and the Pirates and Popeye, Beaugest, his abusive father, his desire to run away to join the French foreign Legion, the depression, the war and the digital of ours the six million dollar man tv games westworld the old town mall arcade wiring batteries and motors and lights a growing fascination with computers it is a link between us when the parade is complete we are ushered down an aisle of posters stickers and notebooks that have the star wars name stamped on them i want to see star wars again i saw it two months ago we can't afford to see a movie twice i have a dollar and quarters in my pocket a dollar earned working for my dad. I want to own something Star Wars, but something not panty-waste. Something my dad will approve of. I scan the shelves on the way out, and my eye catches a Star Wars comic book. I've never read a comic book before. The Catholic priest and American martyrs says they are filled with sin. A conduit to damnation. But sitting before me is an opportunity, a portal to the world of Star Wars. A way to experience it once again. I pick it up. I hold the entire universe of Star Wars in my hands. I look at my dad. He nods in approval. It's not panty waste. I pay a dollar and quarters and take it home. My dad pays the tax. When I should be reading the four Gospels I instead consume the comic book every day for a year and then every other day for years to come. Months later I need to perform the Sacrament of Confession before I get my First Communion. I hear the priest behind the screen ask about my sins. I tell him about lying, not listening to my mom, and fighting with my brother. But he says that's worth three Hail Marys and one Stations of the Cross. I forget to tell him about the Star Wars comic book. Over the next 30 years My dad tries to get my brother and I to shoot guns with him. We do, but we're not really invested. We try to get our dad to use computers. He does, but he's not really interested. He discovers God as I discover disillusionment. But without fail, we watch the next five George Lucas Star Wars movies in a movie theater together. Between us, a conduit. Okay, so that was a new version of the story. You may have recognized it. Told in a different style. So the prize was $500, which is the exact cost of an Arcade 1-Up Atari Centipede Legacy Edition arcade machine that I've wanted for a very long time. So I sent away for it. And here is my review of that arcade machine. This review is also a video on YouTube if you want to see it, but this is the audio of that review. Into the blade, Atari. This is the Arcade 1UP Atari Centipede Legacy Edition. I've been working on trying to record the screen for weeks now. The monitor is very bright and the optimal viewing angle is directly in front of it. That is why, if you've seen other videos of this product, you've probably seen a lot of washed out blue screenshots because they're trying to shoot it from the side. I tried to alleviate this the best I could by recording this completely in the dark from a near front-on angle and by sitting to the left of the machine playing at an angle. This video was recorded live, so you will hear some ambient noise. Some of it is me pressing buttons, there's also the dog, the blinds, kids, etc. First game, Asteroids. Of course I would play this game first, Atari's 1979 best-selling coin-op and one of my all-time favorites. The placement of the buttons is not exactly correct, but you get used to it. After that everything kind of melds into a feeling just like playing Asteroids in the arcade. What's missing is the glow of the vector monitor which makes seeing the small shots from the UFOs very difficult unless you're in absolutely perfect conditions like sitting on a stool directly in front of the monitor. Centipede. Centipede plays like I expected, and the trackball makes it feel honestly just like the arcade. The vertical screen is placed in the center of the monitor, and it doesn't detract from the gameplay, and I did not detect any artifacting from the display. It's a joy to play Donna Bailey's first arcade game. Crystal Castles. I'd forgotten just how cool this game was. Bentley Bear was one of Atari's first characters, and the game is a kind of a 2.5D Pac-Man played in three dimensions. It feels deep and satisfying with tons of interesting levels. The original trackball controls are preserved, and they are just as weird and frustrating as I recall. Still, it's fun to have it here. The colors look great, and the whole thing looks great on this monitor. Gravitar the spiritual sequel to Lunar Lander. The color vector graphics don't feel affected by the bright monitor. The gameplay though is just as difficult as always. It's super hardcore. Never one of my favorites in the arcade, I think I will keep coming back to this one as the controls feel good and I'm compelled to see how far I can go. Liberator. What a surprise. A spiritual sequel to Missile Command, and it feels like a much better game. I'm not sure why it was not a hit. The large planet graphics are really fun to see, and they look gorgeous on this monitor. The gameplay is fast and furious. This is another game I know I'll find myself returning to. Lunar Lander. Ah one of Atari's first vector games. A game made exclusively for computer nerds that is so difficult, it's no surprise it was not really a hit in the arcades. It's 2001 A Space Odyssey at a time when most people wanted to just fly an X-Wing and shoot TIE Fighters. I'll have to say this, it is really, really hard. And in this video, I finally landed the Lunar Lander for the first time. Major Havoc. I've forgotten just how good this game plays and sounds. Beautiful color vector lines and multiple stages. There's even a little version of Super Breakout you can play between stages. This game is part shooter, part lunar lander, part platformer. It looks and plays great. Another late stage Atari coin-up that deserves more respect than it received. Oh, and check out the ending explosion. It gives me heavy Star Wars vibes. Millipede. Millipede, My new love. This game is as addictive as all heck, and I wasn't even expecting it. I was never really a fan of this in the arcade, but the ability to restart a new game at the next to last bonus level you achieve means you can keep trying for higher and higher high scores. The trackball is essential, as without it there would be no way to make the intricate dodging moves required to get away from the centipedes that have reached the lowest levels. This is why I never really got this when I played it in titles like Atari Vault or Emulated. The trackball is required. To me, this may be Atari's best coin-op ever. Missile Command. Surprisingly, Missile Command is my least favorite game here. I used to love it in the arcade and on the Atari VCS, but here it pales in comparison to almost all the other games. Quite possibly it's the fire buttons, which were Volcano-style buttons in the arcade, but here are three standard fire buttons, they're too far apart for me to be effective with them. Kind of a disappointment, as I was really looking forward to this one. Playable, but certainly does not replace having an actual arcade game. Space Duel. One player only, this game really is the sequel to Asteroids in every way, and most of them very good. The color vector graphics are not really affected by the monitor brightness, and the controls feel right. I play the untethered mode only, and the game is missing the two-player simultaneous mode from the arcade, but as a spiritual successor to Asteroids, it's quite a great game, even in the single player mode. I find myself coming back to this one all the time. Super breakout. I think this might have been the first arcade game I ever played in the arcade, and all attempts to recreate it via MAME and titles like Atari Vault have fallen flat. The controls are just not right. This version uses the spinner control and it feels nearly perfect, to me anyway. So good in fact that all my thoughts of the controls were removed and I was left with the idea that this game was really, really hard and the sounds are at once both grating and enthralling. Also, progressive mode is the best mode. Tempest, this was the big test. Like Super Breakout, Tempest simply can't be played without the proper controls. I'm happy to say the spinner works brilliantly for this game, at least to me, I love it. I no longer have the deep urge in my gut to go play Tempest properly in the arcade. I feel like this version is the best one I've played, save for an actual arcade machine. The monitor works well for this game too. This game is hardcore, and I think it's successful here on this machine. Akka R. This game is unreleased, but it's super compelling. It's sort of a Star Castle where you play the Star Castle, but that's not all. First, you defend your area by shooting at the zones that enemies are currently flying over. If you hit the area, all the enemies are hit and destroyed. But if an enemy gets through, you fight a close-up battle. It's quite compelling and worth playing to see just how much depth there is. The zoom button is essential as it takes you in between the two different screens. This is a really cool game. It's a little complicated for the era it came from, but I think that was a mistake for Atari to never release it. Asteroids Deluxe, the final game of the collection. Controls feel nice just like Asteroids, but again, just like Asteroids, unless you are in the absolute perfect conditions, the UFO shots can be very difficult to see. But to be honest, the shots come so fast and the UFOs are so lethal, there usually is no way to dodge them anyway, but it does suck to be hit instantly and not know exactly where the final lethal shot came from. I do enjoy playing this, but it does suffer from the monitor. So. I do love this product and I play the crap out of it. I play it all the time. I especially love Space Duel as now I see it as the proper successor to Asteroids, Tempest because the controls feel the best I've ever felt for a game outside the arcade, and Millipede because I've discovered that it's it's intensely addictive. The Wi-Fi connected high score system is a nice touch and it does draw me back to try out my best high scores. But let's talk about the elephant in the room, the monitor. This video is from my daytime attempt to record the screen. Pretty much the same angle, yet you can see heavy reflections and the screen has a bluish tint from the monitor backlight. Something is wrong with this monitor. If you have a stool, consider it the optimal angle, and the room is dark. Asteroids and Asteroid Deluxe do work. The UFO shots are still hard to see, but are visible. If you're not at the optimal angle, you may find yourself wondering why you instantly got killed by an invisible shot. Instead of just complaining online though, I made a customer support request to Arcade One because I know they have Wi-Fi. I wanted to know if they could do an over-the-air software update to allow for controlling of the monitor brightness via the options for each game. At first, they brushed me off with a monitor-is-as-monitor-does response, however I was not satisfied with that. You see, I've seen Asteroids and Asteroids Deluxe played on a computer monitor, and when a glow filter is applied to the rasterized vector output, you can see the entire game. You see this when playing the games on Atari Vault for Windows and Steam. I pointed this out to customer service, and while they still said they could do nothing, they did send me a free t-shirt for my troubles. I kept the shirt and I wore it in hopes that my goodwill will get them to make the proper fixes to the software. Because I still think a software update addressing the brightness and adding optional software filters to the display could solve this problem for them. And I hope they take this advice to heart and try to find some solution. Still, the product has me enthralled with Atari coin-op games again, and I love it. Yes, it could be better, but my review score stands at 80%. I love the product and play it often, but it could still use updates. To make it the product it so wants to be. Into the vertical line, Atari. Hey, everybody, it's Bill from Atari Bytes. Have you ever wondered why Yar wanted revenge? How when it becomes a Frogger exactly, why those robots in Berserk went, well, Berserk? Me too. On Atari Bytes, we do more than review the games. We dig deep to find the story of the characters within the games. If we know the actual story, we tell you that. If we don't know the story, which is more often the case, we make one up, hopefully to your amusement, and occasionally to provoke a thought or two. So if this sounds interesting to you, I hope you'll check out Atari Bytes, B-Y-T-E-S, wherever fine podcasts are sold for absolutely no money at all. Thanks. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games, which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that, and for free, just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's x-e-g-s, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Now, I had the second half of our podcast team, Jeff, come over to play it because Jeff is a Space Duel nut. And so, this is what happened when Jeff came over to play Space Duel. My brother Jeff is here. Come on up, Jeff. Jeff has not played it yet. And Jeff will be the judge because Jeff. I loved Space Duel, Space Duel. back in the day. So we're gonna start a space duel game. So sit down, Jeff. I'm doing it. And doing um, it. so the trackball there acts like a mouse, and the little fire button. Acts, oh yeah. See, you want to you want to click on the on the two down there. Oh, two. At the bottom, and you'll see that space duel is right there. Oh man. Now so get, no, Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. So on with my arcade joystick and the not the re- and the retro pie, not 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 recall box. I tried to set up the keys on the arcade joystick to do uh-huh. four buttons. It kind of worked okay. for Asteroids but not for Space tool. So I'm telling you, I've tried this. The only I need to play buttons for okay. Space tool. Okay. So look here on the screen right there. Look, you've got these three buttons. There's got fire, thrust, shield. That's the shield. Oh, right the there. shield. That was a shield. That. That's that's rotate left and rot- rotate right now. Go ahead and press any button to get started. And you're going to be the judge. Okay, now now here it's weird. You press this to, the, this to the select a game, and then that to start it. So Look, go I ahead. Want box, I want, um, You want you want the, the duel? Yeah. I okay. The duel. This is the only way to play this game. Okay. I, I never I don't play that way. <laughs> you don't. No, I don't. Hey, you need the dual, Steve. Yeah. No. The it's duels, really hard this game. to play. Yeah, I know it's hard. This is the thing. It's also physically physics-wise, it's hard to create this game. Um, oh yeah was is there a 7800 version is, of this the, game? The, the uh, 7800 version is a re- is a, a hack of Asteroids, uh-huh. but it doesn't have you don't have dual ships. It looks like it, but you don't get the the tethered chips. And I don't know if it's, it's physics wise, there's, there's far too many floating point numbers. You could do lookup tables with them though, but you still have to calculate to use the floating point numbers um, when in your in your, th- in your dx and dy. Oh, well, look out. Now, I've had found that I needed to use the shields a lot. Oh, this happens. To, now, when you tether this happens a lot. Um, you, you you get. Um, but you didn't die. What does that mean? You you. Well, one, one of your ships can only shoot one shot at a time. Oh, uh, now? Yeah. So you get two. you get two little hits unless it hits you twice in a row. Yeah, this used to be my I mean, I love shooting the geometric shapes. In fact, Remember the first? though I don't think you remember. But the first Flash game I made was called like I don't know. I ma- do you remember game. That. And was it was called a Pixel Blaster? Yes. And it was so you could blast these. And I'm kind of thinking about making it for the Atari ST. I can't. Have to fin- good, I finished it- games for the ST to only use one screen. Why? Because the scrolling is is making me angry. <laughs> and well, no, it just makes one single screen game. I will. I know, I mean just I mean, for fun. You I don't mean have I to to, like I have to You're right, exactly. Steve, you're not proving anything. I'm not you're proving that. Anything. I just want I like. I need to start. I I last night I took all the doc, extra documentation for the extra Stoss, the libraries they have oh. for it and I printed them all out and put them in sheet protectors back to back so I have a book about all the extra stuff in Stoss, so maybe I can do it right. Uh-oh. Does this remind me of going to Castle Park? Yes. Yes. What's your verdict of the buttons? Buttons are also are These Sanwa, or do you know are they, are they, are they anything? I have no idea. I have, um, I have some generic buttons too, and they're really good. Um, the buttons are fine. They're a little loose, but they're not. They're nothing problem. I don't I mean, the thing about so this when you're sitting at this, does it feel like you're playing your the game? Um, it feels like I'm. We're at um straw hat actually, because straw hat had at had oh, least you could our straw hat. Oh, they had they you had, had seats you could sit down and play the game. That's right. We were little, so we had to sit down and play the games because we had because you got higher. This gets you lower, right? It's supposed like yeah, the same for me, thing. Yeah, it gets me lower now. Yeah, the problem with this game is they. I'm not problem. For this is why it wasn't as popular is because you can't hack the system. You have to play these bonus rounds. Yeah. Oh no, I know you bonus rounds and the bonus rounds. But the thing about it also is that this, to me, is an in space floater version of Galaga, because of the double ships. Oh yeah, yeah. The double ships because of the challenging stages, but you can actually die in them. And I can see a little bit of hiccup in the in the um, emulation, a little bit, but not a lot, and not enough to matter. I mean, because the last time I was able to play this game, the only other time was on the 7800, with where I could control it right, and then also on the on the um, retro Pi. Neither one of those is ideal. This is ideal. So what I what I find fascinating about Space School is that I wasn't real. I really didn't think of this as a sequel to Asteroids, but but it really solves all the arcade game problems of Asteroids for Atari, like. You right. can't just ship hunt, and and I know they they actually tried to do that with um, with asteroids deluxe with asteroids deluxe, right. asteroids deluxe just feels like a hack of asteroids. Um, I just, I like do like asteroids deluxe. The problem with asteroids deluxe is they buried that screen so far down in the cabinet um, that it's it actually feels like you're playing like a game from the mid '70s, not 1982. Um, that's oh, you the mean problem. with the way that the ca- the, the screen just yeah, is really it's, weird. Oh. it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's like buried inside the cabinet. Um. Whether you've got a shield, just, by the way. I, just, I know. You're, you're I not I'm not much it. of a shield user. I, I should. This. I mean. I. I, I need to. I, I. got four. I got four fingers on four buttons, and it's hard to get to the other one. You still got three ships, left. Yeah. Jesus. I got. I got two extras. Ah. Yeah. Oh! yeah. I needed the shield for that. Yeah, I just get. You just skip. watch this. That's, okay, okay. You need to start hitting that shield button because my score will never get over. So it. I. I find that space duel, like you said, is is really compelling and I I guess when it came out in 82? eighty two it... maybe maybe eighty two or eighty one. I remember it was we definitely it was to me it was like a new style arcade game even though it was you know still a vector it's a color vector game. Um, but this is because I liked asteroids and you know, now I'm now I'm now I'm I am now i am now i got to figure out how not creating. to do that. You gotta gotta, gotta like not go crazy yeah i, I don't it, think this screen is going to come out very very well uh it is a little glary but you just it's glary it's not, to you. i mean it's, it's it's not a big deal. trying to but no from from the standpoint of filming it it's like really it's it's really glary so i'm gonna my game will be it. this is a good this is definitely a very nice cabinet i'm trying to make room in my garage to get one but i may get like a pandora style cabinet so i can have the bezels created by the screen as long as you can get the the buttons to work right yeah 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 i know i'm not put i'm not pandora your... there's like people out there that make this thousand fifteen hundred dollar arcade box you're going to put in your name and what what, what is it going to be jeff it's going to be J E F because i never did put in my middle name what is it like do i hit enter and i, hit, I think it's is yeah The um hyperspace You are. so you're in, look look how how much better look you you you, you beat my score too and i won't play yeah game. but i mean um, that's the game so man you i played that game one hundred thousand times in the arcade like when we go through, and and it, and it, it feels others, like it, right it opens for a dollar i spent at least eight on that game and and it feels like the arcade game. feels like the arcade game. Yeah. yeah that's what i love about this machine Ooh, 20, screen, i know idea. i know i do um the screen is 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 a little like too bright or a little glary but when you sit down and play it, it, none of it matters I think it's great. Awesome.
0: Hi, it's Ballistic Coffee Boy here, host of That Atari Show. Airing every Monday or every other Monday. At 9 a.m. PST or 12 p.m. EST. On that Atari show, I cover pretty much every Atari console ever made. Go over some games. Have some features such as Podcast Blast, Book Nook, and Atari Newsline. Featuring all the latest Atari news. So, please tune on in if you're interested. Uh, It's a fun show. I also do unboxings on my channel, uh, and that series is called Unboxed. I also cover Apex Gaming in general on my main series, Ballistic Coffee Boy, that airs every Friday. And I also have occasional series I do, such as RTFM, Read the Freak Manual, where I go over box art and manuals for Atari games, as well as No Filter, where I play the games. So tune on in to Ballistic Coffee Boy, that's ballistic with a K, and uh, look forward to seeing you there. All right, get your Java on, and hopefully I'll see you. Have a great one. Bye.
1: A few weeks ago, we had Brian Bolding on the show. He actually did a episode with us that's on his YouTube channel. And the same day, we recorded conversation about the Arcade 1-Up Tempest and Arcade 1-Up Centipede Machines, and that's this conversation right now.
0: I got the Tempest Arcade 1-Up Atari Legacy cabinet um, a few months ago, and actually it's kind of crazy. Whenever I first got it, the... Control deck stopped working after about a week. Oh man! And so um, I was like, "Man, that sucks." But I contacted um, Arcade One Up. You have to go online and um, contact a rep there. And um, I learned this from watching. There's this guy called Michael B, the Game Genie, on on YouTube, and he has a lot of videos about Arcade One Up and and Home Arcade, and and he like buys everything. (laughs) And uh, he he glad he has
1: the room for it. And the money for it. I know, right?
0: I said, you have the nicest wife imaginable. (laughs) Um, And uh, (laughs) he was telling me, uh, all you need to do is go and open a support tick and you probably need a whole new control board. Um, And I was like, okay. There was a certain party said, but it's easier for them to replace the whole thing. So I had to talk to them. They had me take a picture of the back of the machine that has the information about it, you know, and like a small video of the board not working. So I just started it up and showed that I couldn't do anything. I sent that in and I want to say in about two weeks, they uh, sent me a new control board.
1: Oh, wow. That's, that's good. I mean, a little downtime, but great now.
0: Yeah, it works great. And, um, I, I really like it. Um, I, love the design of it um it's got great art on the sides it's probably one of the best looking arcade one-up machines i've seen except for my tron cabinet guys which is amazing is it
1: Tron? So you have arcade one-up tron
0: yeah and it's got black lights it's got (laughs) it's got a glowing control
1: stick Tron's one of my favorite games i I, we Um, were obsessed there's no there is no I don't think there's any home port of Tron or even someone who's tried to make it for some reason. I don't know why, I mean, well, okay, everybody makes the light cycles. The controls are so-, are so Yeah, so I mean, everybody makes light cycles, but, it, but light cycles is not all Tron is about, you know? I think shooting right. that rainbow, shooting the rainbow tube, my favorite thing. I love the <laughs> spiders, <laughs> the bugs. And spiders, spiders, and the tanks. Um, That's um, the version
0: of right what up, there is shooting at the little multicolored- Oh my yeah, God, I love that coming. part.
1: That's the vertical blank, right? Yeah, <laughs> right there, that's the vertical yes. blank, exactly. With the little hand that moves this way. I have one arcade. One, I have a countercade, and it's the one that has Galaga on it. Um, and Galaga, oh, yeah. has Galaga, in three other games like Pac Man Plus and a couple others. But Galaga is the reason I got it because mm-hmm. of Galaga. And, um, so, so that's the one. You have the Tron one too. That also has Tron Disatron on it or something as well. Yes.
0: Yes, and it has online leaderboards, which is amazing
1: right so does the centipede atari legacy has the online leaderboards which opens up a whole new reason to go sit and play it it is i know it really does it's seemingly just a little feature but you're like no no i can actually they're now now once i play and i get a score i can actually see where i am with the leaderboard and it's it's compelling it's really
0: compelling They can also uh push software updates to it easier right um the older machines which is mostly you know what i have they can't really upgrade anything, you know. It's there's no online component. Um, but I would have to say my my ultimate favorite RK one-up machine. I have about four or five of them. Wow. Um, wow. My ultimate favorite is probably the Pac-Man Legacy arcade. Right. Came out a couple of years ago. They they have one out now that, that that's got Super Pac-Man and other stuff and online components. But um, this one doesn't have online. But I got it kind of kind of cheap because they were phasing it out, and it's just it's got Pac-Man, um, it's got Pac-Man Plus, it's got Pac-Attack, pac and Pal, two other Pac-Man games. It's it's got um, all all the Namco games you like, like it's Galaga, Galaga
1: yeah. oh, well. Rally X too.
0: Rally X, Dig Dug, Rally X. It's a lot of fun. Um, so that's probably 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 my favorite one that I play all the time. But as far as looks and aesthetic, the uh, Tron arcade cabinet—it's, yeah. it's a whole experience because it's got black lighting, it glows, it actually has a stick you turn on and that changes colors. It is kind of on the pricey side, but um, I see sales going on for it now. But that's probably my ultimate favorite. It comes with a stool, like a Tron oh, that's, stool. Cool. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's just—it blew me away. It's one of my
1: favorites. Stool I- is really important for those. Th- I find the it. stool since I'm about six feet tall that stool I can't really stand up and play but sitting on a stool is perfect absolutely I mean, perfect I
0: mean Tron really is the vertical blank for me because whenever yeah. that movie was out I was seven years old I got Tron underoos I, <laughs> I went and got a blue frisbee you know Oh man. I, I would run around the house just like throwing the frisbee at things and making pictures fall and I'd get in trouble
1: you know <laughs> that's good cool. I love I it was so too. enchanted
0: with that movie as a kid I just loved
1: I, you know so they had at Disneyland they had a uh, a ride called the People Mover and it used to have something called the speed tunnel in it which was which was some some extra footage like B roll from Herbie the Lovebug Racing, see that, that that you would then ride through and it was going really, really slow, but the but the images came by so fast it felt like you were in a speed tunnel, right? After Tron came out, they actually turned that into the Tron tunnel. And yeah. so there were, so literally, and this is the only time I think they ever did it. Maybe I don't know if Disneyland has like a Tron coaster now, but for a while it was the only place that you could experience Tron, you know, because you couldn't really see the movie again. That I know videotapes were available, but not we didn't really get a VCR for it several years so if you wanted to experience tron that was it you had to go get on the people mover and ride through this the speed tunnel really slow with the and it was, basically it was it was a it was scenes from the the light the light cycles and it was right. it was really fun and i i thought tron was um you know I, I keep feeling like we need to do a whole episode about tron because it was it in one sense like absolutely amazing that they made a video game movie and it was at the time when you know, War Games came out the next year, and there yeah. was The Last Starfighter came out, the that. and But there were yeah. lots yeah. of, like, video game movies at the time that, again, another sort of vertical blank thing, here we are back to this again, where, like, there's a whole culture that existed that disappeared, and then the next video yeah. game movie was, like, that Nintendo thing that came out, like, I don't know, five years later or something, but there's a whole culture that just didn't exist anymore it is as if it never existed and you're like wait yeah. a minute this is part of my life and it doesn't exist anymore like what what do you mean all, all i remember of tron steve is that i i was really i was like sick and didn't know that i i had pneumonia so we went and saw tron and all i remember is tron hurting my head i've seen it since then but that was that and anyway but i yeah tron was great though um it's just that that one viewing that we saw when i was sick is like it sticks out like, in your head
0: yeah, I also remember films like um I I remember seeing Red Dawn in the theater. Oh yeah. Red when Dawn. I was young and how that's it's just such a part of the 80s to me. It's <laughs> just like when I think about the 80s, I I I I think about Atari, Reagan, Swatch watches which I'm also a <laughs> fan <laughs> of, um jams. I used to wear jams. Jams. Pac-Man t-shirts, <laughs> uh, you know, MTV and Red Dawn and and the Goonies, I mean, and and the Breakfast Club, you know, Duran
1: yes, Duran yeah, yeah, this is so funny. I was talking to Jeff yesterday when we first day of junior high after being in elementary school and and really like not, it's just was just fun. Elementary school is just super fun. First day we get to junior high, twelve years old. You know, there's 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 giant teenagers who have who been smoking pot for years. They've got beards and mustaches. They look like adult men. They're, they're stuffing yeah. us into into lockers. The minute the lunchtime <laughs> comes on, the first thing we hear is Duran Duran because they have a, a noon dance and like that's the that's the beginning of everything in the eighties yeah. is like fear and Duran Duran and they somehow <laughs> mix together.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And- and what happened to my video games? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: What wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I mean the year before we had gone to the arcade with the same with the same kids that now didn't were pretending video games didn't exist, right? Like, right, you know. exactly. So so arcade one what what are the other machines you have?
0: I have um the it it's the shooting one with the bucks. What's that game called?
1: Oh, oh the, the buck hunter or what I don't know Yeah, it but yeah. yeah. A
0: buck How hunter. is that
1: one? How is that?
0: i really like it um it uses the, the like Sendon i think light guns with it uh-huh and it has two rifles it's it's really funny because there's a setting in that game there are scantily clad women right <laughs> and there's a button to turn that off
1: that's hilarious <laughs> in the
0: game. so if you have your on kids you could turn that off you turn <laughs> it, but um it's really fun. I really like it. Yeah, so the one
1: is like that's like it, the bar setting, right? Like you're in a. I it's I going to be in a bar, you put it there. You turn on the Kenshi. I was looking thing? for turn good it gun yeah. games. Like good gun games to me, like it's it's hard to replicate. Like someone right. needs to go back and figure out how to get point blank to work. I mean, you can if you have yeah. a good one, but yeah, a good. Cause Steve and I grew up with guns too. I'm not I'm not a huge gun fan now, but but you know, guns is guns. We Same need em. but um. But, yeah, I mean, shooting them and stuff like that. And I was always big, like, going to the, the shooting galleries and things like that. And I need, like, po- like to me, when I got Point like, Plank 1 and 2 on the PlayStation 1, uh, those were just fantastic games. They're just, like, Nintendo, whoever, I don't know if that was by Nintendo, Jalico I think, but they the Japanese knew how to turn, like, what Americans would do, like, killing bucks. Now, Buck Hunter isn't about killing, but I know what it's about. But, I mean, or, like, whatever our version was, and it's something that's, like, got, like, cute characters and you're doing fun you know what i mean like we have always have the americanized version which is like very much like do it our way and the japanese are like nope and they.
0: (laughs) it seems like they're a much happier people much happier (laughs) you know we're our games are very masculine and gung-ho and uh, guns and you look at stuff like nintendo and like like you're saying it's 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 a plumbers walking around jumping on turtles you know, right. it, you know what i mean it's <laughs> they,
1: they they have they knew what they were doing like they know they still know what they're
0: doing. yeah i have uh two um at games machines one is the ultimate legends arcade which is awesome and then the other one is the is the um the at games legends pinball which is
1: virtual oh, yeah. pinball Oh yeah, I have the. It's also a favorite of mine. I love it. I have one of those. I have the the the. um, uh, I have a virtual pinball, the Gottlieb one from, uh, Toy Shock, which I which I really like. But it's it's not as it's not as advanced as the as the one from Arcade One Up. It's it's like a little like it's a family almost family run two people. Run that thing and, and build build the stuff. So. You mean at games? Oh no! no you, um, oh no! The I, I, toy I have the toy shop one. The, for the at games, I have the I purchased this giant two person controller that has the disc that hooks up to your. It's has like, got like a disc. Hooks oh to yeah, the I've disc. got that too. Yeah. Fun, but it's like, but it's like it's very limited in what it can do. Like you could download Coin Ops X for it, so I which I did. But it's like it takes a lot of space. It has to be in front of a big TV. Like yeah. getting it out is is like. Using it is a is a, it's like a it's a day's worth of problems to get it to work.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like you know you know you you just want to play like you know some games and, but you have to go put half a refrigerator on your legs. You right, know?
1: exactly, exactly. <laughs> I have to, like, it's, and I have to move half the house to get it to work. Right, like right, this is right. why, like what you say that this is why I I was so. You know, I have another friend who I said, hey, I'm I'm thinking about getting this Centipede Legacy thing. And he's like, oh, I had one, I didn't really enjoy it. And then, and and I'm like, oh man, you know, I I still really want to get it. So I was a little, had a little consternation, but once I got it and once it, once I took the three hours to put it together, it, it is so satisfying. You know, since I work from home still a lot, many days a week, I can take five minutes between terrible meetings and go play millipede. And the millipede on that is amazing so amazing. with the tempest one how are the control so the, I heard that the controls weren't great on the original one, but maybe that's not true anymore so maybe they fixed the controls the trackball and didn't roll it didn't roll right and the the spinner didn't spin all the way around um on the original tempest one.
0: I don't know if I have the original one or the new one I'm not sure I might have the old one because i I don't know what the differences are are myself but um it works fine to me okay yeah um, so that's all that's all that matters that's all, all that matters, matters. only one I, that, um, I heard these the rumors. Only one that, you know you know that I have a problem with is I actually have a smaller version of that the uh, it's it, it's that asteroids countercade that I have that are in some of my videos behind me these and the uh, the uh, spinner in that doesn't work all that great um sometimes like it has that uh, avalanche game you know on it oh yeah and sometimes the the spinner is, is kind of jerky, and you can actually use two of the buttons to move which, which is actually smoother, so that one definitely has a problem with the control on it but um but I got that because it, it it was like a hundred and twenty bucks at h s n one day but you know um it's got lunar lander on it um asteroids asteroids deluxe, tempest as well avalanche and maybe oh and and a
1: warlords too. Oh wow, Warlock! thought it Yeah, right, right now Walmart has the asteroids. Has asteroids? Let's see, Lunar Lander, Tempest, and I think I'm trying to do another game on it. It's 1.99 for the um, arcade one. Uh, this is an older machine. Is it the older machine? Is that? The yeah, it's not the Astero- countercade though. I'm looking for the countercade one. I don't well, see it anywhere. It's called a, a partycade, I think. Oh, okay, okay, the partycade. That's why. Yeah, yeah, Jeff, get it right.
0: Okay. <laughs> and- and then the other party cave I have uh, 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 that I really love is the admitts uh, in front of me, the Miss Pac-Man Party Cave. It's called the Miss Pac-Man Party cave Plus. It's amazing. It has a light up marquee on it, where 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 the, the asteroids one doesn't. It's got two speakers on it, which the asteroids one doesn't. And it's just more kind of full it's got like 10 games on it. It's really cool. I like that and
1: one. And these too. are the countercades. Ooh, these are cool.
0: Yeah, they're called a... Uh, well. I actually do have a countercade, the uh, Super Pac Man countercade, but, but, uh, but I also have two party cades. No, but They're I mean, I mean for the counter. counter. The, yeah, before the all counter. I mean
1: is, it's for the
0: counter. It's, it's like, it's, yeah. that's the, the. Right, right. But you can also hang it on a wall or on a door, which I think is kind of weird. Uh, <laughs>
1: so, I like that. Actually. It's kind of
0: cool. Maybe for like a dorm can, room, right, or something. You know? I don't know
1: where you can buy them.
0: I actually found them on Home Shopping Network and QBC.
1: So yeah that, not everything is available on arcade one website they have a the one i really want but but a, but it kind of consternation about because it only has three games is the star wars one i mean i love the star wars game and and it and it, the, the cabinet looks amazing but but i'm like is it worth the space to play the star wars game i i it's hard for me to to say yes even though i i think that's probably atari's greatest game is the star wars arcade game just for what it meant at the time um yeah but uh, you could play star wars you can play Star Wars, really. Right, yeah. So what are your just your general feelings about console cartridges versus emulation, Brian? Um, do you have any big consternation about the two? I don't. I'll play whatever way I can, but I'm wondering how do you feel about those? Well, I
0: like the uh, collecting aspect of physical cards and the box. I'm a big lover of, of CIB copies of the box, yeah. the manual, the everything. When I started collecting for Atari yeah, right. when the pandemic happened like for the third time in my life I started just getting the carts and after yep. I had 10 or so I was like wait I that's really That's the gateway want... drug by the way that's I really the want to box, drug. too yeah <laughs> So I I really do love physical media and and boxes and and that's also why I love the Evercade because they have physical media and carts out right. and manuals inside to talk about the company and the games so there's also oh, we ed- agree I, so I love the, have the I, I have all the i love that I America love America
1: the cartridges it's so great i love it it's but i mean great. what about playing wise? do you like like if i pl- if i want to sit down and play like i don't care whether it's a cartridge or whether it's emulation because to me they're almost identical now like there's not like a big yeah. like plus to me I-, I getting out the cartridges and playing more of a pain in the ass than setting up the playing emulation wise really um yeah. i don't like to open the boxes behind me like i don't like to know i know, the boxes I know. I like emulation for what
0: it is on its own merit i really do enjoy it um i don't qualm anyone for playing emulation i just have um i kind of pride myself on on my channel if i'm gonna play a game yeah i'm gonna try to play it on original hardware that's Um, good i I like that the physicalness of it Yeah. yeah yeah it if not i will say if it's if it's emulation but I enjoy emulation. I mean, I don't have a problem with it at all. My, I actually have my my uh, my, my art my uh, at games Legends Ultimate Arcade upstairs has about five thousand games on it. Um, I have coin sex on it, and, sex, and, yeah. and I can play pretty much any console game on it from Atari, Genesis, um, everything, ColecoVision. and I also made individual USB sticks for those. No.
1: Yeah. You know, that's
0: awesome, up or like, Genesis or Atari, NES
1: whatever. And you, do you I have to have configure every each, the controls on. for each game? Like how do you, you know my my uh, whatever. you know what I don't. Oh, you don't. Okay.
0: You. And and you know what I like about it is you can also download bezel art for the games, yeah. um, and then you can also download art arcade ROMs and and you could, and you could download bezel art. So, so it's kind of like a. Really great kind of in- entry point into video games as a hobby, right? Oh, right. Cool. Like,
1: exactly. Because you, what is that called? Which one is really like? That? A...
0: That's the um, the um,
1: Legends Ultimate Arcade. Legends
0: Ultimate Arcade. Uh, and Steve, and so I have
1: Steve. I have the same thing, but it's the last thing I'll talk about. The Legends Ultimate two-player like thing, and you can do the same thing. You load CoinOps X on it, and basically you have every game ever, and guess how many times? And then it's so difficult to plug in. That's why I'm working on the well, retro. And my question about that is the is. Basically, you know the 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 thing I love about um, the centipede one is the trackball feels perfect, yeah. and so the feet to me a lot of the it's a point of playing arcade games are all the nuances of the controls. Um, like Tron, you know that that joystick and the spinner are really important to yeah. to playing a Tron game, and and Tempest obviously yeah. a perfect a, a spinner that works correctly, and for a centipede a trackball that works correctly. Um, is all part of the experience. Without it, it really—it's really just another kind of game that you lose in three minutes. So without it, they're console games that are made to steal quarters. Which yeah, is, the steel quarters So for console, so how, <laughs> how are the? Can you get a good trackball and spinner for for that machine?
0: Um, I, I don't have a problem with it. I'm not too. um I haven't noticed a lot of problems with my Legends Ultimate.
1: But does it have a trackball spinner?
0: Oh okay. yeah. yeah. Oh okay. That's yeah. all yeah. I want yeah, to know. I I have one. Sorry. It, yeah. it, it has oh. a trackball. It has a spinner. It has two joysticks. Joysticks, yeah. Um, and it's got several buttons. And and you can go in there and map these things.
1: Yeah, and it's got the arcade buttons. It's got the pinball buttons on the side too. Does it? have The pinball buttons on the side. Mine
0: doesn't. The, oh, okay, the, the, yeah. the uh, second version does, but yeah, my so my version that, doesn't.
1: The only thing that's missing is that when you play Food Fight, it forced it forced me to use the trackball to move and the joystick to move his hand, and it didn't work. Like, I just wanted a simple version. Of, so I had to play the seventeen hundred version of Food Fight because
0: that's <laughs> <Yeah>. easier. <laughs> right. What I like about it is is it's totally customizable. And then you can also upgrade the parts to it. Um, they they actually sell a new control deck on the At Game Store that you just buy and plug in that has the buttons on the side and all that stuff. Oh, wow, that's cool. And then you can also get, uh, get third-party stuff like... I think uh, Glenn from Glenn's Retro Show like makes makes joysticks for the Tron cabinet, for instance.
1: Oh, cool. and he has his
0: own store. He actually sells his stuff in in uh, in in local stores in his area, and has a website.
1: He actually makes parts for it that you could buy to upgrade, which is cool. That's neat, like aftermarket parts. Yeah, I mean the whole, no this, you know, I, I was gonna, you know, the whole industry, this whole sort of concept of creating these arcade, the arcade experience in the home, I think is, is part of, you know, the vertical blank. I mean, it's part of the idea that like this was lost and we, and there's a feeling and nuances that you, you really, you really want to bring back. Okay. The big part about that is that those machines were considered worthless and for a long time in dumps. And then people tried to get the machines back and you try to get those control boards and stuff back. And it's like, yeah, this kind of works. And it, it does, if you get one working, and then these guys stepped in and said, Let's make one that you let's make one you can build yourself that works and looks cool. And it's and it's, it does almost the same thing with the same controls and everything. Yeah, doing. I mean I, I can see how people would like the original machines, but they are, right. you know, maintaining them is really they're hard.
0: expensive. Yeah. It's they're expensive. real expensive. What I actually um I didn't expect um whenever I got my first RK one machine. Now it was a little different with the At Games products because they're actually they're a little more like heavy and, and more life size but you know when i got my first at games machine it, it it was actually um tempest legacy um atari legacy one i got when i put it together it was kind of like it made me feel kind of like i was putting together a uh couch from from ikea or it was something. like yeah you know? it very much is <laughs> it very
1: much is ikea like i felt like it's ikea furniture I was putting it together like, oh, i'm like oh no i i please no i i, I can't do any more of these um the, the bolts that you screw that you put yeah. in you screw into uh oh my, I'm like oh my God there's a thousand of these and the, I feel I like it, I, I've I've been putting together IKEA furniture since the early 90s I can't do it by video games <laughs> the one thing I'd be afraid is just like with the IKEA stuff is if I put it together and the cabinet wobbled a little bit like you know like yeah. oh crap like and well, it's like it's this I, I didn't take video, but I took pictures of the process of putting together as well as pictures of my face as I started to sweat more and more. as I put it together because there are definitely instructions that don't make sense until later in the process. And, and yeah. you're like, oh, now I understand why this needed to be upside down and I have to take <laughs> it all all apart yeah. put it back together <laughs> again but um it, it it for the most part it's not bad it's not bad
0: yeah i remember sitting there on the floor thinking am i putting together a arcade cabinet or the Fingerstausen
1: from <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah. But, yeah. this is a, a boy like <laughs> <laughs> <Is that right? laughs> i mean i no. can see ikea selling these because you know it's basically yeah. that process but once I got it together, actually it's fairly it's sturdy enough. Um the one thing that kind of bothered me though, the one thing that I was kind of like this is lame is the coin door where it's just a it's just a like a plastic mask you put over a piece of cardboard. It's, I'm like it's a sticker. unnecessary, guys. You didn't need to like yeah. it, it, that, <laughs> other than that now, some of the newer, newer ones. Because that makes it like
0: Lego at that point. Yeah, yeah. like Lego some stickers. Some of the newer ones actually have a, a molded fake coin door on the front that's what this or one as, is as yeah. fake coin door on it, my it. on my pac-man rk legacy though it, it's a sticker oh it's <laughs> even worse <laughs> so yeah even worse like... i there's something about it though i like i don't know what it is i think it's so cheesy i like i kind of like doctor who you know it's, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's yeah. one of those things it is it, it, it's so cheesy
1: it i don't know there's something about yeah, it i like I... I was I think it's 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 nice to have it there now after seeing it because it looks like it should be there. But when I put it together, it was also a pain in the ass to put on. And I'm like, why is this the hardest part? Why is this fake coin door <laughs> is the hardest control. part of this whole construction of this thing? But anyway, oh, because so I'm glad that you like I like having this discussion about these machines. Me so too. what's your verdict? What's your verdict on consumer grade stand up arcade machines? Would you say a thumbs up, thumbs down for people I who would, may want them?
0: I would say a thumbs up. Now, I actually, there are some, you know, I have some videos on, on my channel, Ballistic Coffee Boy, where I, I review them, you know, some of them, in my coffeecade, I call it. <laughs> um, I actually got some hateful comments from, from like, fringe arcade people, like, this isn't a real arcade machine, how dare you, and this is blasphemy, and someone told me, i I just just I was an those. embarrassment <laughs> to the community or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? All these people say go and buy an arcade cabinet. Those are three or $4,000. Yeah, just mute those people. These just things don't... are $500. Yeah. So if you look at it from a realistic point of view, sure, I would love to have real arcade cabinets. They're heavy. They're expensive. They're hard to maintain. Um, all the ones I want are three or $4,000 or more. Right. Uh, um, they're way too expensive. They take up too much room. I think they're great. But for people that have realistic spacing issues and that have a budget and that just want to get something to play, I mean, whenever I sit down and play my Tempest Atari Legacy cabinet, I feel like I'm playing it in the arcade and I'm 10 years old. Yeah, me yeah. too. Um, and that's
1: but, that's good enough for me. Like I love yeah, it. that's that's what it's I want for me. Right, so good Brian. One thing me. about those about anyone that comes in and says you're an embarrassment to the community, you just let them know that if you're going to judge someone based on their type of arcade machine they have, you're not part of my community. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like like that doesn't matter. Like like that means they're just a gatekeeper and tell them to tell them to exactly. F off. Exactly. Like, you don't you'll need a gatekeeper. The one thing that I cannot stand in the entire world it is gatekeepers. Gatekeeper of any type. I Me know. too. I can't handle it's it just, either. Yeah. I can't we've yet. all I can tell we've all been gate kept. Yeah. We've all been <laughs> we're, all, we're all this uh, you know what? No thanks Especially when your 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 channel is so positive, so so fun. And then like people come in, it's like just leave me alone. Like, whatever, dude. Just just you know, go yeah. somewhere else. At that point, it, turn on moderation on your comments so you can delete them before they even get yeah. on there.
0: Oh, what I found is it it it's, it's the same two or three people that'll go around and they called a couple of friends of mine like fat and ugly and just just really That's rude just, stuff, well, you know.
1: We know who <laughs> they voted for for president.
0: Just kidding. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's the same it's the same one or two guys. It's the same crowd. Um, so it's not it's not very prevalent, actually. It's just one or two people one or two who, people Got it. who need cognitive behavioral therapy yeah, and they behavior <laughs> a therapy. lot of therapy right uh, therapy,
1: their mom didn't hug them enough when they were children. Or that's something all like. it is, yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. but um, I think they're a hit. you know, um I, you know, for all those reasons, you know that I listed, and what I would say is to go on watching some YouTube videos about them. I actually live in a two story house and I don't have a family. So I have two arcade rooms in my house, (laughs) but I know, I know most people don't have that luxury. They have kids, they have a big family. So maybe if you can, you know, like, especially if one of your kids goes off to college, turn that room into an arcade and buy some arcades, you know, and uh, it's, I would choose your, like, I would make sure to choose a machine that's got at least a few games on it that you love with a passion. Yeah. Um yeah. and then you'll always find yourself playing it. You know, that's why I love the Pac-Man legacy so much because I'm a huge Pac-Man fan. Yeah, I like both Pac-Man. I can play Pac-Man until I fall over and die. I'm, I just no, love wait.
1: it. Here's it's the big Miss Pac-Man or Pac-Man? Which one do you think? It's, it's Pac-Man.
0: That?
1: Um I like Miss Pac-Man, but that's just too. personal choice because different mazes.
0: <laughs> I know. I understand that also. Um I like my well, I have so many memories just about regular pac-man and then my pac-man legacy has like 10 games on it i love it yeah. half of those are Pac-Man.
1: So Jeff, I, you need to be careful because Miss Pac-Man now is not considered Pac-Man so, canon. I know. I just saw, so, I like Pac-Man a lot. I just, Miss Pac-Man to me is a, is a different game. Used to come the Pac- Ms. Pac-Man Galaga combined cabinets. One of my favorite cabinets of all time is that Miss Pac-Man Galaga combined when they put in pizza places and stuff. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a, uh, I like, I like Ms. Ms. Pac-Man. I, I always want to say Mrs. Pac-Man, but um,
1: <laughs> they're not <I'm> married.
0: <laughs> I actually have the, the, the uh, the, uh, party cave for that from arcade one up and it's a lot of fun i love it but my ultimate favorite is probably that pac-man machine and then of of the two games probably pac-man just because growing up i was just fascinated with pac-man yeah you know uh, so 2600 and beyond exactly exactly yeah
1: well that's cool all right well that's a great discussion about arcade one ups again i mean if there's something there that you enjoy i mean i feel like i've got 14 atari coin ops in my Family room now, and I can't get enough of it. So and and maybe that makes me not a real video game fan, but I still love it, so I don't care.
0: Hey uh, 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 as long as you're happy, who cares? Yeah, I'm (laughs) happy.
1: So a different type of episode this time, but I hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the arcade one-up Atari Legacy Edition Stand-Up Arcade Machine. See you next time. Coming up next. And also the song we used under the story this time, Uncanny Valley by Tony Longworth. Hi, this is Tony Longworth, UK dark alternative music composer and all-round Atari nut. Make sure to check out my Patreon music campaign. That's patreon.com slash Tony Longworth. Lots of free music over there. And if you can afford a dollar or two, please help me continue to write music. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast and supporting Into the Vertical Blank. And I hope you like this piece of music of mine. frame calculated. Prepare to write new data. v blank ending. An 8-Bit Rocket Studios production.